What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev. Josh had a last-minute commitment and won't be here with us this evening. Coming up, we'll break down the Hounds' latest three points. We'll discuss whether this team is better than last year's team. We'll talk about some concept kits and more. Let's go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty-gritty. Oh, yes! Let's, let's see if I can do this. There it is. Okay, good. You got to practice. A I, I need. Was, I'm not Josh. I'm sorry. That wasn't as clean as Josh. That was not no. as clean at all. It was good. I mean, you know, better than I can do. Obviously, <laughs> it was. It was but. serviceable. We'll call it that. What's up, Kev? What's up, Mike? Um, yeah, I said like I quickly threw that back to you while you were drinking your ginger beer. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, uh, no. Yeah. It's you know, everything's everything's good. I, uh, uh, this, this weekend, ahead. yeah, I'm just going to cut you off and tell you what I did yeah. this weekend. <laughs> Please do. Um, I was at, uh, there was a plum, there was a tournament in Plum and I don't ever remember. So both of us grew up in Penn Hills playing in Penn Hills and I don't think they ever did this while we were there. There was 200 plus teams in Plum Borough this week. They were at multiple fields all over the place. There was people everywhere, but, uh, my middle son played for a travel team out here for Loyal Hannah. So we drove in both Saturday and Sunday for the games. Tell you what, man, like looking at the skill level of kids these days, like I, for the most part, I've been doing in-house and stuff. So I'm, it's sort of secluded. You're sort of looking at what's there. But looking across sort of all of these different areas, kids are a heck of a lot better than we were growing up. Like I, I sort of kind of felt that way, but it was really interesting to see, you know, Do you- do you think that's natural in almost like everything? I think so. Like, do you like, yeah, like in almost every aspect of life? Yes. Just the younger generation is yeah. going to be better. But like, I literally was watching a girls. It was at a U twelve game, and I was like into it. I was like, ooh, like, like you know, I'm actually like making sounds on the sideline, and like, <laughs> hopefully not like the 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 bad parents who get yellow cards and no, get no, escorted no, no. away for yelling and everything. <laughs> no, no, there was some of that, and uh, you know, even <laughs> it. Part of me, I just sort of sit there and laugh because I'm very, I'm not the kind of person that's going to yell at other kids on the team. And I really try not to even yell at my own kid. But like, if I do yell at my own kid, it's more or less direction. I'll be like, like, Ben, get wide, get wide, get wide. Or like, like, keep them line. Like just basic, my kid was playing outside back. So there was a lot of this, like, just keep them wide, just keep them wide. Just hold them, just hold them, just hold them. Okay, there you go. You got support. You're good. Great. Great. But like, even that I try to keep to a minimum. But, like, there's a lot of parents that you hear all the time. They're like, stop the ball first, then kick it. Why are they doing it? Why don't they do that? <laughs> or, you know, they'll, they'll be like, oh, why, why are you, what, was that offsides? Was that offsides? Like, no idea what offsides is. And I just sort of sit there with my mouth shut and just sort of, like, yeah, well, you know, like I don't. There's, and there's, like, nothing you can do about that, right? No. Like, I wish, I don't know. Yeah, there really isn't. No. It's just I, I, I was texting my wife on the first day because she wasn't there. And I was like, well. We're knee deep into it now. Like this is just sort of what it is. And you know, if you're one of those, if you're listening right now and you're one of those parents, this is not We don't like you. We we hate <laughs> you. No. No, I if you're listening to this, then you're clearly sort of an educated soccer fan. Um and that's not me again railing against educated soccer fans. I think the only way to become an educated soccer fan is by watching more soccer and being involved. It's just 
there is a comical aspect when you can sort of sit on the sideline and sort of absorb all of this audio that's coming at you that's just patently false um and uh hey that's what it, that's what it feels like for me when i watch football with you uh, uh, <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding hey Kev. I mean, the, 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 the only <laughs> i'm gonna cut you off um the only thing no like that like refs can get a little more trigger happy with like cards and just like just just for the fun of it like as soon like a parent makes <laughs> Just like, oh, what is an offside call? Yellow card. You step back 10 feet. (laughs) They have the little spray, and they spray the spray on the line, and the parents can't cross it. And they just keep moving them back closer to the road. And it's just like they have to get further and further away. Yeah. I'd like that. Yeah, that'd be great. But, I mean, honestly, kudos out to Plum. I mean, they had to make a ton of money on this. It was literally one of the fields was almost like a festival fairground. Like, they had booths set up. Like, Oakmont Bakery was there. Rita's was there. They were selling T-shirts. They had kits, like like professional player kits like Ronaldo and Messi and Mbappe and like it was just it was a huge thing so yeah I don't remember that at no I that never happened growing up but it was it was a really cool event so you know uh, thanks for to Plum for running it and setting it up and you know the kids didn't do great but they had a good time um and that's really all that matters it's a preseason tournament before the before everything gets started so um to get to play in tournament to get to play under the lights the one night they played at nine o'clock so uh so yeah, Ooh. good time. Good time. Huh, speaking of a good time, well, this is yeah, that's a poor segue. Anyway, the Hounds won. The Hounds beat Loudon one nothing. Um, didn't rain. Didn't rain. Was good weather. Good weather. <laughs> are we? Are we? Hawaiian all, shirt night. Are we getting all the whole positives out of the way first? <laughs> Circle back to the negatives. No, I, I got a couple more positives in my back pocket. All right, you can. You want to hold on to those later? Or you just want to get them all out now. What do you want to do? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. All right. So the, the Hounds won one nothing. I think that um, if you're just looking at it, it's three points. And Kevin, I feel like you're going to be the one that says, you know what? It's three points. You got to take it where you can, and that's what it is. But I kind of feel like we all had sort of expectations based on where Loudon was in the table coming into this game. And I think that play on the field wise, this wasn't exactly what we were hoping for. I think that in that run of games where we won five straight, we had a very distinct style of play. We played very commanding um, and we forced teams to play our way. And then we went into North Carolina and like we talked about, we played that way for about five minutes and then sort of, just fell back and the hope was okay North Carolina was a blip we're gonna you know Loudon is the perfect situation to write the ship and uh we got the win but it just the eye test just didn't look good I mean is is that how you saw it yeah yeah I mean I, I think yeah if I if I went back and listened to last week's show I'm sure I would be you know talking up this game like it was going to be easy and blah 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 um which i still think yeah i mean look we should have played better it should have been easier for us on paper but games aren't played on paper we did just come off of a five nil thumping away from home against uh you know an eastern conference rival i would say as far as our position in the table um we lose the player that has played the most minutes for us all season and tommy thomas funky zeal he can't play in this game um, so given all of that, I can kind of, <laughs> I can kind of backpedal here and convince myself with all these, you know, things around the game that this was a game we just needed to win. 
and we needed to bounce back. We needed to get three points. We needed to stay where we were in the table. We needed to keep closing the gap between us and the, and the teams above us. And that's what we did. And I think on top of that, even though I think we didn't play as well as we expected, and I would say Lauda maybe played a little bit better than we expected, they never really troubled us. I mean, what, their best chance came from, like, an Andrew Lubon, you know, shot across the net? Like, it, you know, so I, I, Morton wasn't really tested that heavily. It wasn't like, you know, he he had the best game of his life and Greenspan and Adewale had to defend for their lives for 60 minutes and we walked out of there with a 1-0 win. We, yeah, we didn't we didn't click that well going forward, um, but we didn't have to, I don't know. I, it, it didn't feel, feel like Loudon were head and shoulders above us. It, they weren't. And, you know, we got the three points, we keep moving on, and we get to bounce back and get that kind of bad taste of, of North Carolina out of our mouth. And what? It's been so long since I've actually read, like, remembered the rules of red cards. But Funky Zeal He's comes back. back for this, right? Straight red, you're only out for one game. Yep. Cool. So Funky Zeal's back for Ottawa. So you mentioned Tommy V. Talking about the lineup, there was a lot of speculation about how do we roll out without Tommy V. We ended up playing basically a 4-2-3-1 where you had James at a wall like Greenspan, Dover across the back. In the middle, you had Forbes and Mertz. And then in, in front of them, you had Velarde, Dos Santos, and Kerr with Brett up top. You you sort of alluded to the fact that, oh, okay, you know, we're, we're playing without, you know, Tommy V, who has the most minutes this is a strong lineup, like even without Tommy V. So like, I don't think you can point to the lineup and make that the excuse as to why the Hounds played the way they did. No, I, I agree. Okay. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't think, I, I, I didn't think you were making that argument. It was just something that you brought up. And so right. I, yeah, remember. No, I, I was actually, up. I was actually pretty excited to see, yeah, how we were going to cope with, with Alpha and Casio, how would we line up? Um, and I, I, I liked the lineup that we rolled out with. It was more attacking. It was, much, it was more aggressive. I mean, w- with Mertz sitting alongside Forbes, that is a more aggressive kind of holding midfield too. And then, you know, putting, you know, you could, you could do something a bit more defensive and play like Noah Frankie on one of the like left or right side. And, and he, sure, he has speed to get up, up and down the lines, but he's also more defensively minded. He can help. Uh, he can help out defensively, but he doesn't. I mean, Lily doesn't. And he goes with Kerr and, and Velarde. So, yeah, it, it was – and this was the game to do it against a weaker opponent at home where we haven't lost all year. Um, you know, yeah, you, you, sh- you should be kind of going a bit more aggressive with the lineup, and he did. And I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say this performance, like, rules that out. I wouldn't say, like, oh, because of this, we can't ever really see, you know, a lineup with – Mertz partnering Forbes and you know Kern Velarde to Santos and Brett. Um, I'd like to see it more, uh, but it, yeah, it, it wasn't as, especially when we what put put four goals past Memphis you know a couple weeks ago at home. Um, it wasn't as eye catching as that, um, but yeah, I, th- this potential. I'm not worried about that at all. Um, maybe they just need more time to play together. But it, I, I was happy to see that. He didn't go like a Noah Frankie or a, a, or a Dabo or something like that. I mean, that, that's an interesting point because Mertz in the holding midfield role is something that I think we saw a little bit earlier this season. But for the most yeah. part, Mertz has been sort of one of the attacking linchpins. I mean, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago where one of the reasons why our attacks were so potent was because we were getting so many people into the box on the crosses. And Mertz was typically that last guy into the box and putting him in a holding midfielder position 
doesn't give him that much opportunity to make those runs. I mean, unless you're really playing more of a 4-1-4-1, something like that, which was not the case here. He was dropping way back in between both Greenspan and Adewale at times to pick up the ball. Um, so, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on using Mertz as a holding midfielder as opposed to using him in, in more of an attacking role? Well, it's interesting. I, I think earlier in the season, and I, I could be wrong here, um, but when earlier in the season when he was deployed in that position, I'm pretty sure that he still had the three defenders of Greenspan, Vonkizio, and Adewale behind him. So there was still a bit more cover. In this game, he just has Greenspan and Adewale, so there's a bit more... Uh, he, he has to be a bit more disciplined in his defensive duties. Um, so maybe that's why you're not seeing him make those late runs into the boxes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think a role like this is where he's best used necessarily. Um, he needs, uh, yeah, he needs license to, to, to go forward when he feels like he needs to go forward. But I, honestly, I don't know how to change it up either because I, I don't really like him just being put out on the left or right. I don't think that's necessarily his game either. I think he's really good in, in the center of the field. So I, I, I think we can, we can keep it rolling. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him alongside Forbes with a back four against the likes of, you know, Red Bulls or, or like top teams in the East. Um, but for even even the even the teams that we're kind of fighting for to get for for playoff spots or below, yeah, I mean, why not? Especially when we're at home, um, put put Forbes and Mertz in the, in the middle of the two and have them have them support the attackers in front of us. I think it could work. Shout out to Grandpa Mertz who was on the full ninety, showing Liz lots of love uh, this past week. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. He shared his thoughts after the game. It was really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, there were a couple opportunities for some wonder goals in this game. Brett had the chance from our own half where he tried to chip the keeper. What what did you think about that? Like, 88th minute, you're up 1-0, and he tries to chip the keeper from in his own half. Are you think, are you, Do you mean, like, tactically, do I like that play as opposed to him trying to hold on to the ball and run the clock out? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind was, and this is terrible, but... There was that scene in Mighty Ducks D3 in that very first game they played where they were up like whatever it was, 12 nothing, and Charlie had a chance to just hold the puck and put it away, and he shoots it, and it stops right on the goal line. The other team picks it up, and they score, and they draw the game. Um, <laughs> deep cut there for you. Uh, but That is a deep yeah, cut. Um, you have to th- if there's a YouTube video of that, you have to tweet it out after this episode goes up. I don't know how many YouTube videos there are of D3. Um, oh, there has to be. <laughs> Hopefully there's one of Paul Korea at the end. But anyway, why was Paul Korea at a high school hockey game? That's the big question. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, honestly, I'm not. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if he scores it, it's it's on the goal of the week nominee list, um, and we're up to nothing, and there's the pressure's gone. So I think he had a defender in front of him, so it wasn't like he even had a clear shot to just take it to the corner or even just kill time. So I'm not totally opposed to it. I think if he tries to carry it, you know, maybe he burns a few more seconds, but the amount of time it was in the air and then the the keeper gets it to take the goal kick and it's in their end. I don't know. Why? What did you feel about it? I, I guess I, I immediately I was thinking, okay, if I was a player alongside him, instinctively, yeah, it's one of those things where I would start yelling at him, yelling at him as the ball's in the air. And of course, like if it goes in, <laughs> you kind of shut up and can't, like you know celebrate with him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But no, instinctively, I was like, if I was a player of his, I would have been 
screaming at him like what are you thinking you we like you need to take this into the corner we need to run this out i mean you know and i guess there there's there's been so many times where you see teams try to do this and they're just crap at it and they end up just losing the ball in the corner a couple seconds later and yeah in those scenarios it's like well yeah just go for it right but you've all i've also seen many examples granted at, at like a higher level where teams would that would get into the corner and be able to control it and keep it so well, and the other team keeps kicking it out for throw-ins, and they do this for like five minutes, right. and they just kill the game. And you know, it's it's not you know we can expect that of our players. That's not that's not, or at least expect them to attempt it and and have enough confidence in their abilities to to, to do something like that. So I, I just I mean that's the smart play in in that role. All right, let's but. let let me ask you this, Kev. You're in our half. I pass you the ball and you look up and the keeper's way out. Are you thinking I'm going to take it to the corner or are you thinking I'm putting this ball in the net? No, I'm shooting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah you, get, you get the itch in your leg yeah. and you're like, oh, I just need to kick this really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I Look, I know. I'm, I'm splitting hairs here, but I'm, I'm just saying without even thinking about it in my gut when he, when he shot it, I was like, you idiot. Like, don't do that. <laughs> We um, love you, Nico. But, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, but if, you know, if it goes in, yeah, I just I kind of sheepishly just cross my arms and sit back in the couch. and <laughs> Do one of those, like, okay. Little, yeah. <laughs> little clap. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure. There's not much to talk about this game. There really other isn't, than yeah. Three points, that's what we needed. Um, you know, we, we look, you know, I mean, the table is tightening it up both ahead and below us. Um, you know, it, it keeps us in six. Keeps us in six? Were we sixth going into this game? I'm not sure. Um, we were before North Carolina. Or, no, I'm sorry. After we lost to North Carolina, I think we were in sixth. And then okay. this win just sort of kept us there because everybody else right. is doing what they need to do. So, right. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're still, I would argue, fairly comfortable around us. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, if you want to, we'll break down the standings at a later time in the podcast unless you want to do it now we could do that but well let's do this real quick because uh, i want to get one last sense of this before we move on to the standings last week i had said okay looking at the next three games which was loudon ottawa louisville i set the over under at six and a half points for those three games and we all took the over i think my thought pro and in in to be fair on the preview show both justin and steve took the over as well um my thought process was that North Carolina was a blip and we were going to go right back to the same sort of style of play that we had seen in those five wins that we had prior to that. This clearly was not that. So, you know, you could sort of look at it retrospectively and say like, okay, we got the three points. We didn't have Tommy V. Let's move forward, blah, blah, blah. But is any part of you concerned in that prediction of taking the over on six and a half points? We got three, but like Ottawa's nipping at our heels Louisville is on a tear. Um, you know, Louisville has won their last four. So, do you still feel good about taking the over? I mean, yeah, yes, but and and I mean this more in the context of the last ten games rather than strictly talking about these kind of three this three game block. But I think we learn a lot about how this season's going to end in the Ottawa game. If, if we even if we get another win in the Ottawa game, if if we kind of limp to it with another one nil, this starts to look really reminiscent of of last season where we limp into the playoffs and then get knocked out in the first round by Beth Steele. 
So that wouldn't be good. And even if we, you know, would get six points in the last two games and going into Louisville and all that kind of stuff, it wouldn't be great. You know, before before we got beat by North Carolina, we were on a huge run uh, of, of winning. What, it was one to five, five games? Five, yeah, five, five, five game winning streak. And we beat the Red Bulls away from home. We were in really, really good form. Now, after the North Carolina loss and the kind of meek performance against Loudon, there are signs that we're slowing down. And so, but still, you know, it, maybe it's something where like the North Carolina game was a kind of big hit to this big oil tankard of a team. And it just takes a while to get the oil tanker back on track. You know what I mean? It takes a while to turn a ship. It was a weird yeah, analogy, it, but go ahead. <laughs> but you, yeah, it is a weird analogy. But I'm thinking like, you know, if, if you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. And so, so if, if this is, if Loudon was the beginning of kind of turning this big ship around, then, you know, yeah, hopefully we see a good performance against Ottawa, even if it ends up to being a draw or a, or a one goal win against Ottawa. If we put in a good performance, if we're, if we're, if we're linking up the way we, we were previously in the, in the past, you know, seven games, um, that's, that's a good sign. And, and that's what I want to see more. And so I think we, we learn a lot, a lot from this next Ottawa game. Um, if, if, if it's a, another meek performance, I think we really need to start worrying a little bit uh, as we come into the run in here. Um, but a, a strong performance against Ottawa, then it, it kind of wipes everything out from Loudon and North Carolina and say, okay, that, those were blips and we're still on a really good run of form. So it's not the three points. It's how they actually perform. That's yeah, that's and and so I, I, and honestly, I'm still backing us to to get over the six and a half points in in this block of three. Um, because it, yeah, fine, Louisville's on a run, but you know we're home against Louisville, and we haven't you know lost all all season at Highmark. Um, so yeah, I, I I still feel good about it, but yeah, it, it, Ottawa's gonna be a big game. Yeah. Um, this sort of transitions nicely to, you know, you were talking a little bit about last season and how we sort of limped into the playoffs. On the preview show, Justin and Steve posed the question, considering they, they you know, it's a, it's a stat-based show if you haven't heard it, so make sure you go listen to it. But they talked about how at this point in the season, they compared our record this year to our record last year, and they are eerily similar. So Justin threw the question to us, is this year's team better than last year's team? If you just look at the stats, we had basically the same the same win loss tie set up at this point in the season. So, Kev, I'll ask you: Is this year's is this year's team better than last year's team at this point? I think we are, and I, and I think that because of two main things. I, I we we get hot early on last year, and then kind of coast a little bit as we get to the end of the season. This year, we struggled to really kind of figure out what we were doing, and then went on a really good run. So, uh, so recent form is influencing my, you know, biased answer here. Um, but also, I would say that I don't know. I I think I've seen a change in in this Lily team and this in this Hound squad this year to be to being willing to be a bit more attacking I, I, so much of the historic lily team and in, in the riverhounds team in previous years honestly even at the beginning of the season i mean at the beginning of the season we we're still seeing a lot of back three game you know back three lineups and and you know even recently we've seen some back three lineups last year it felt like we were really you know numbers behind you know 
men behind the ball, defended numbers, all that kind of stuff. This year, it feels much more on the front foot, more willing to go with the back four, more willing to just say Greenspan and Adewale have it, and uh, and kind of letting our more creative players, you know, get, getting more of them on the pitch and, and getting them, you know, more attacking opportunities. So I think that's that's why I think we're a better team. I think it's I think it's easier to get results by just having good shape, being well structured, defending in numbers, being disciplined, and and kind of taking your chances when you can get them. I think it's harder to to try to be aggressive in the game, and I think I just I, I think we're seeing an evolution in the team here, and so I, and it's kind of harder to pull off. So you're going to have a bit more hiccups along the way. I mean, even I, I always I always think of um, we had uh, uh, Hugh Roberts on the show um, a couple weeks into the what it was like six weeks into the season, um, and yeah, he said that line of like he's he he was shocked at the time to see the Riverhounds you know, where they were in the table because, you know, we were getting loads of ties and he was like, you know, they, sh- they should be winning these games. And and we talked about how we would find out if, if this was truly what the team was or we, if we would, if like weird things were happening, we would revert back to the mean of, you know, getting more points, playing better and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, the, the past 10 odd games have shown us that, yeah, we were a better team than what we were seeing at the beginning of the season. And I think, yeah, I, I I think last season maybe we were outperforming ourselves a little bit at the beginning, and kind of as the season went on, okay, people kind of figured us out. Um, so even though we have a similar you know similar numbers as far as points and wins and draws and losses, I, I think I think there's an evolution in the team happening here under Lily, and I think it's it's for the better. Yeah, I agree, and I think that you know one of the things that we always it's sort of the undertone of everything but the usl is getting progressively better each year as well so i think that not only was last year's team playing against a slightly weaker usl but this team is doing it against cop i mean we went on that great run and we're still sitting in sixth and you know we can talk about the standings here in a second but like sixth is not guaranteed here at all and in and the chances of us breaking into the top four are starting to look a little hairy based on, you know, just a few weeks ago we had talked about, oh, okay, you know, only two of the teams in our remaining games are uh, above us in the table. And we there was X amount that were beneath us, and then there was, I think, even more that were beneath us and beneath the playoff line. You look at it now, we got 10 games left, only four of those at home, and really, only three of those are against teams that likely don't have a shot at the playoffs. I think it's Loudon, Memphis, and Atlanta. The rest of them are either above us in the table, or they're going to be right at that line, like St. Louis, who's just beneath the line right now. They're going to be scratching and clawing to get as many points as they can. So none of these games, the rest of the way out, are gimmies. And, uh, which is, you know, not answering the question per se. But I do, I do tend to agree that last year's team felt very one-dimensional. This year's team feels much more um, balanced, I guess I'll say, where you know we average giving up a goal a game, but we're also going to go score two or three a game, um, which feels a lot better, at least from an entertainment perspective, but also from a performance standpoint. You know that if you get scored on, okay, it's fine. We can go back and get a few more. Whereas last year, if you got scored on, it was like, well, crap. Like We got Nico who could score, and that was it. So. Exactly, and the perfect numbers to back up everything you just said was if you look at who has been scoring our goals and how many goals they've been scoring. Last year, Nico Brett's in the running for Golden Boot. He ends up with what, like fifteen on goals. 
great season for him, but a huge drop-off after that. Now Nico has eight, Dos Santos has seven, Robbie Mertz has six. So, I mean, we're spreading the load a little bit more as far as, like, offensive responsibilities. Um, I think Nico's having a fine season, you know, cool. Uh, he, he doesn't need to score another 15 as long as, yeah, Dos Santos, Mertz, Kerr picks up here, Velarde picks up there, Valeski comes on as a, you know. And, and I, th- that's, I think that's extremely important. Um, so and, and that's going to help us as well. Yeah. So, Justin, I guess our response to that is yes. Um, and Kevin sort of, you know, gave you a few few tips here. But uh, I kind of like this, like, back and forth question banter thing between shows. So we're going to kick it back to you. We're going to say, yes, this team is, to st- is better. But you guys are the stat show, so I want you to prove it. So prove to us. <laughs> do, do all the work for us. That's please. right. Yeah. <laughs> prove to us statistically why this team is better. Dig up the stats that you think matter, uh, and prove why this team is better. And uh, I, yeah, like in 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 that vein, I, I'm thinking more along the lines of: Is there a way that we can somehow um, quantitatively show that the Eastern Conference is stronger this season, or something like that? Or it's it's you know it's rather than being top heavy with uh, the likes of Louisville. Um, kind of dominating the, the Eastern Conference. Does it? It seems like it's more spread out, and probably that's an argument for you know us competing in a more difficult league, but still having this, you know, what I mean, and still having the same win record. That's an indication of yeah, we're a better team this year. Um, th- things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> Go do our work for us. Made, made it easy on them, Kev. Way to go. Also, this is nice because it's like a, it's it's a little, it's it's like a it's it's like a test yeah. where we find out if they actually listen to the show. Because <laughs> if they don't address this, then they didn't make it. You know, 25, 29 minutes into the podcast, That's right? So we know. Yeah, they got so far as you, you know, calling Nico an idiot for trying to clear the ball and <laughs> shut it off. So way to go. Um. So, yeah, I guess a couple other things we want to talk about, Kev. I think you saw this, but uh, on Twitter, there was a group. They're called Concept Kits. So they're at K-O-N-C-E-P-T-K-I-T-Z. They've been going through basically a number of big teams all over the world, and uh, they basically just brainstorm ideas for what different kits the different teams could wear. And uh, they decided to put together some Hounds kits, they said, you know, the last one for today, we're going across the pond for our very first Riverhounds concept shirt. They did a home and away kit. One is almost solid gold and has some, like, diagonal black stripes up in the bottom. The other one's solid black with diagonal gold stripes coming up. Kev, would you be upset if this was the Hounds kit? Heck no. I think it looks <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's, it got a lot of attention mm-hmm. when you uh, kind of brought it to the Twitter community. Um yeah, no, I, I, I'm, but I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I'm not like optimistic this is gonna happen. No, I don't think it's gonna um, happen. But I don't know. Yeah, if there's a way that we can like make it happen, that'd be great. Well, let me ask um, you this. So, you know, I think we've talked about this on a previous episode about how you have a lot of teams that have a specific. Um, I don't want to call it a template, but they they have something that's based in the club that goes back years and years and years and years and years. And that's sort of how they try to shape the designs of their kits moving forward year after year. So example, Barcelona for the longest time had vertical stripes and now they're doing something slightly different where they're horizontal stripes or whatever. Um, You know, uh, Man United is always sort of solid red. Liverpool is always sort of solid red. 
uh, you know, Juventus will do new stripes. Newcastle will do stripes. The Hounds have done sort of the the honeybee kind of stripe thing for the past two years. How would you feel if, you know, that became their identity, sort of the horizontal hoops that aren't really hoops, and that's just sort of their thing moving forward? (laughs) I don't want that to be the defining factor. I'd, I'd rather it be, you know... I don't know. We're, we're we're a black and gold city, and I, I I don't know. But I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like we haven't we haven't established a long enough run of consistent kind of jersey themes, other than just having the colors in some combination. But that's like that's kind of my point. It's like that. It doesn't almost it it doesn't feel like a kind of a consistent color equal color combination like okay our kit's always 80 percent gold and 20 percent black and then we just kind of you know mess and so yeah i don't know i i I don't i would like to see it almost like all gold that'd be kind of cool gold like home like uh, the home kit is gold jersey gold shorts gold socks um with some accents of black and then maybe the away same thing but switch the colors and then a third kit can be white or something like that um but yeah, I, I don't know if 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 this gets enough momentum. I mean, I remember we've had like Tuffy on the show before, and not to kind of call him out or anything, but it did seem like you know we've asked him things about the kit, and it, it did seem very much like yeah they they show us stuff and we pick it and that's yeah. and we go on and that's and so yeah I, I don't know how much consideration it gets, um, but you know talking about marketing opportunities, this you know a cool kit. That's that's free marketing. Well, it's not free marketing. You still have to make everything, and you have to buy the contracts for the kit design and everything. But you know, it's it, it's more likely that people are going to buy them where they're on town and all that kind of stuff. It's an important thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And I guess I'll follow up that question with, um, you know, the past two seasons, the Hounds have kept the same home kit and basically the black kit. They only change the white, like basically third. I, I, the white we typically use as a way. The black is the black and gray sort of has been the third kit. Really, the the past two seasons, the it's been the same jersey. Yeah, except for the white. The white's the only one that changed. Um, huh. So let me ask you this: Would you be upset if the Hounds roll out next season and they're wearing the same gold stripe shirt? You think it's time for something new? I mean, no, I, I, I look. I like the kits. I think they're good. But your hesitation there seems to say otherwise, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I guess I it look it, it wouldn't be the worst thing if it, but I think the I think it's two things right I think we need to and it's completely fine to still have variations in the jersey so but I I think consistency is is important at least with the home jersey if you want to vary the away jersey and the alternative kit fine but the home jersey should should be consistent to have kind of a team identity thing um, so if if the home identity theme of the jerseys is the gold, like the gold torso with the black um, black sleeves and the black horizontal stripes and the, and the black shorts and the yellow socks, fine. I think that's that's good enough. It's cool enough. It's identifiable enough, and we can stick with it. That's fine. But I also think it could be just slightly better. And I think it, in like this kit that that was designed in concept, I think for me it beats it. Yeah. Um, but. But it, but yeah, so no, I wouldn't be upset. If they came out with the same kit with just a slight variation on it, I think it'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's funny how passionately people feel about kits, but it's true that this is what people are like buying. So if you show them something nicer and you're going to say, you know, here, this is going to cost you the same amount. Yeah, they're going to tell you which one they think is nicer. So I tend to agree. I think that I would love to see the team develop some form of identity. I know that a lot of teams don't. You just sort of switch every few years. You keep the same color scheme, but otherwise the overall look and feel and style are different. Um, but I would love to see us get to a point where we have some identifiable trait. You know, even Tampa. Tampa has the the hoops. Like when you think of Tampa, you think of green and yellow hoops. That's just who they are. Honestly, I mean, and and Josh would be a better person to talk about this than either of us. But um, you know, looking back at some of the old kits, I mean, some of the old kits were really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of like in the times we had like Lebo Meloto still. Um, there was we we had a jersey where yeah it was gold shorts gold socks gold jersey with just a single black stripe across it and that was that looks that looks pretty awesome yeah. um and then even like the robbie vincent days of like the like the the yellow thick stripe down the center with the white sleeves off to the side and everything like that that was cool um so yeah i like i feel like you don't like the uh the the honeybee stripe things kev i think you keep throwing out things that you i think like it's good better. enough i think it's good enough i think i think we could do we could do worse but i'm not like let me ask you one with. last thing one last thing okay if given the option of a solid kit versus something with some sort of designer this typically always comes around world cup time because you have teams like you know, England that are always white or Netherlands that are always orange or France that's always blue. And that's just it. And they're clean. They look good. But versus, you know, something like some of the African nations um, that have, you know, like the intricate design, or even like Mexico. Mexico has sort of this eliminated designs. and But see, that's the thing. Like the current Riverhounds kit is in between those Right. Two. I almost want them to pick a side. Okay. Like if you're going to go nuts, go nuts. Like have have like the faded lion or the faded hound, yeah. right? In the back of the jersey and just go nuts with like all these crazy color fades and all that kind of stuff. Cool. I think that, w- that would be, I'd be all in for that. Um, or I, I personally like the clean, solid, boom, we're one color look. I don't know. I'm also trying to think like, this is probably me just creating examples to support my own opinion rather than telling you how i would actually feel but i'm thinking back to when like i was a player a soccer player or even a volleyball player i don't know is it is it more intimidating to come up against an opposition that's just like one solid color i kind of i kind of think it is i don't know i and or unless it's like you know yeah the, the mexican team or the ivory coast team with the sweet like you know all that i don't know yeah i don't know i, I but in my mind i'm thinking like oh they're like they're here to play like they don't need any stripes like they, they they don't need any stripes telling them how good they are they just have one color I, like, oh, i think it i think a lot of it is the th- there's a whole chicken and egg thing that goes on here where a lot of times you look at a team that wears a solid kit and those are often teams that have been around a long time and so they have sort of the name and history to back up that dominance and then maybe and then you it, have yeah. the kit color and that's just sort of like we're not here to mess around there's nothing cute on here we're just here to play but I think that in order for that kit to look intimidating and to look cool, you need to have that history to start off with. So maybe this is something the Hounds like earn. Maybe like, you know, a few seasons of being dominant, they start going to some more solid looking kits and, 
and it becomes something that uh, and, and really referencing back to kind of historic kits because like i said there are some historic kits that are pretty you know simple in their design they're golden color yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, ha- we have somewhat of a platform there. This is the, p- I don't know, I, but, but I think, I think as the conversation suggests, I think there's, it, it, and maybe there is, but I, I get the impression that maybe there's not this kind of deep conversation happening behind the doors at the club. Um, if, if there's not, I, I think there, there should we can be. Have- I think there's an opportunity to, to, to kind of push, I don't know. The kit identity a bit more and, and kind of reap benefits of it I mean, both both like financially and from just like yeah a respect yeah. kind of thing across the league and the city i'm sure we could focus group it like toffee if you're looking for somebody to just sort of like look at the pictures that adidas throws at you we'd be happy to glance <laughs> at them and you know so uh i guess one last thing i will say about kits this got me thinking about um we are coming up on our fifth year of doing this show. We're currently in the fourth year, but next year will be our fifth year. And I think it might have actually been Matt Polanski who threw out the idea uh, that next year for our Patreon subscribers, what we should do is give away Mongols kits. And I think that is a fantastic idea. So if you are not a Patreon follower, make sure you head over to mongols.com. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a link there that you can click to support the show. Become a Patreon follower. And uh, basically, for anybody who is a Patreon follower by the end of this season, going into next year, um, you know, you'll be qualified to, uh, to potentially get one of these Mongols kits that we're going to put together. And we put out a, tw- uh, a poll on Twitter today asking people if you had your choice between black, gold, or white, what would you pick? 70-some percent as of this recording were saying gold. So it sounds like a gold kit might be pretty cool. Um, but... There is a really cool place that we found online that do fully custom kits. So if we wanted to do like crazy dog, like jumping out of whatever, like we could make that happen. So we're definitely going to explore that through this off season and try to do something really fun. Um, yeah, over at mongols.com, there's a support the show button. Yeah, so if you click on that, you can become a Patreon supporter. Thanks, Kev. All right. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's there's no easy way to segue into this. So the Hounds play this past Friday. We now play this upcoming Friday. We are away at Ottawa. As we were alluding to, Ottawa currently in eighth place on 39 points, but they played one less game than us. So win for them would put them at 42 points, only two behind us. So even though they're in eighth place, this is not one we can sort of overlook and think that they're you know not as good as we are. Clearly... You know, they just won their last two games. They beat Loudon 3-1, to one, and they beat St. Louis 2-1. to one. Um, So they're going to be coming into this game looking to try to pick up as many points as they possibly can. And if they could take them from us, you know, that's definitely going to improve their case. How are you feeling about this, Kev? Yeah, I think this, this is the year where I stop saying, oh, it's a Canadian team, we'll, we'll <laughs> beat them. Um if if you look also their numbers, I mean we're talking about how good it how good it was for us to have three goal scores, you know, above oh, three goal scores above six, and like kind of spreading the load and all that kind of stuff. I mean they have four goal scores with at least seven, um, so they're even less one dimensional than we are. Um, Francois being one of them with seven goals on the season. So yeah, I mean it's they they've they've gotten better. Uh, Francois, I mean, what I saw on Twitter, Francois got a call up to the um, Haitian uh, national team, which is awesome. Congratulations to him. Um, he's in good form. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's not going to be an easy game. 
Um, and, and honestly, I think before when you were talking about the six and a half points in the block of three, this was the game that I thought that we might get a draw. It wasn't the Louisville game. I feel more confident about the Louisville game. Um, so, but we have Vonkizio back for this game. I would be surprised if Lily didn't go back to more of a back three with Vonkizio sitting in between Adewale and Greenspan, shore up the defense a bit more, you know, going away against a pretty solid team. So, no, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say we're necessarily underdogs in this game, but I, and once again, I, I don't know, if, I, I don't know why I've been doing this. I don't bet on games, but I, I feel like the, the, the betting odds you, are probably. You don't know why you don't bet on games? No, no, no. I don't know why I keep referencing oh, okay. betting odds because I don't bet on games. Right. Um, I don't even look yeah. at betting odds, um, but I would imagine the betting odds are pretty even for this game. Um, which you know tells you something right there. So, yeah, I don't know, and and I don't know. As as you talk, I'm gonna try to find that because I just I can't make up stuff to just support my own argument for the sake of it. I need to back this up. But but yeah, no, it's it'll be a hard game, and I think this will be the, the this will be the most difficult game in, in the block three. Yeah, no, I agree. So um, yeah, I guess you know I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. It's away at Ottawa. Last time we played them was at home, and it ended up being a two-two draw. The Hounds were up two nothing pretty late into the game, and ended up giving up a PK and another goal. So you know that's something that we really haven't seen happen much this season, where the Hounds go up and then you know concede, especially two goals. And again, like you said, Ottawa's in conform. So it made me think a little bit coming into this discussion, Kev, about, you know, we obviously sold the rights for Francois to Ottawa this offseason, which was something that really doesn't happen much in the USL. If Francois was still with the Hounds, where would you see him? Like, whose spot do you think he would take at this point? Um, would he be one of well, our attacking I mean, la- three? Last week, what's that? Would he be one of our, like, attacking three? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and immediately I was thinking even less of a uh, less of a like for like switch. But I I think the inclusion of Francois might even allow us to play a different formation. Um, uh, You know, he's he would be one of the only people on our side that would have real pace. Um, And so I think that would allow you to maybe switch up to maybe a four three three. but if we stay with the four two three one, he's either coming from. If we take the lineup from last week with uh, Kerr, Dos Santos, and Velarde with Brett up top, he's either taking Kerr or Velarde's spot, um, which is no bad thing, because um, I, I think Kerr started strong but has fallen off a little bit, and Velarde has, has been fine. But I, Francois is undeniably better than both of them. You know, he's he has more goals than almost everyone on our team this year he would have to get in our starting lineup so yeah he would be a good player to have and he might even give us more options as far as like formations and all that kind of stuff he's he's a good player yeah so how are we feeling i mean you said this game makes you nervous is this a game that you're predicting a draw yeah i think i am um i would probably say 1-1 although i think it's going to be more of a I don't know, we get a goal from set piece. And, you know, for the first time in a while, we actually have to defend in numbers structured to see out the game. And we, I don't think we're going to get much joy with, like, possession and, and passing accuracy and all that kind of stuff. Um, we, we usually don't see that when we're away, away from home anyway, um, let alone uh, going up against a team that's in form, a team that wants to attack, a team that's home, um, a team that's in the playoff race. So 
I would expect that kind of trend to continue. Do you, uh, you know, I'm going to say 2-2 Lily special, but I want to come back and say, we talked a little bit about how the Hounds were in such great form, you know, two games ago, and then we lose to North Carolina. We're not that great against Loudon. How confident are you that we're going to see the team that we saw, you know, during that five-game win stretch against Ottawa versus some team that's in between still? Not, not very honestly, and that's why I'm slightly concerned. Um, is I think this this could be the game that yeah says ah eh, the the Hounds might be losing steam, and and I'm just I'm I'm trying to be realistic about this all. Um, and anyway, I think it's gonna be a tough game. Um, and and Louisville could provide an opportunity to, to kind of bounce back and kickstart everything again. But um, you know I, I think a, re- a return to form before um, the North Carolina game would have us, well, I mean, A, would have us winning this game, period, and would be having us win it and be comprehensively the better team. And I think we could still win this game, but I don't, I don't really see, I don't see it likely that we go to Ottawa and just, and put on a show. And even if we don't win by two, you know, even if we win by one, I don't really see us being, you know, yeah, like, if it's a boxing match, we wouldn't win on points on this one. Right. No, and I, I, I agree. I think that, you know, we could potentially scrap out a win, but it would probably be that. It would probably be scrapping out a win. I think going to Ottawa, we're going to be forced into sort of playing their style a little bit. Um, and so it's, again, it's how the Hounds react. We talked about how excited and proud we were in the New York game that we didn't get to play our game, but we just stayed patient and ended up forcing New York into playing our style of game. We didn't do that the last two games. So if we can do that against Ottawa, I think that's going to be, you know, Justin and Steve, you guys asked about what team is better. If if we start to see sort of the Hounds regress to what we saw in this last game, I still sort of think that, that you know, this year's Hounds team is better. But at the same time, you start to – that doubt starts to creep into your mind of, like, here we go again. We're limping our way in towards the playoffs where you'd love to see this team come out and try to just impose their style of play. Um, and uh, I mean, I will say, I mean, like, by the numbers, so yeah, earlier in the season when they came to Highmark, we tied 2 2. And obviously in 2018, we beat them both games, home and away, 1 0. Um, so I mean, historically, you can say, well, we have a pretty good record in the last three games, we've beaten them twice and drawn once. Um, but you know, it's a recent form has to come into play, all that kind of stuff. Also, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm Tell me, Justin, uh, that if if I'm out of if I'm wrong here, if if these numbers are wrong, because I'm getting them off of a betting website. But apparently, uh, <laughs> yes, I found it. Um, but the, I can't even. I don't know. I can't find like the betting odds for this specific game. Anyway, the uh, our goal scored for the season is yeah 1.7. Their goal scored is 1.6. Our goals conceded is 1.2. Their goals conceded is 1.3. So it is marginal, but we're scoring more goals and conceding less goals than them. On, on average over the course of the entire season, which is encouraging. Um, so I don't know. And maybe that's just like the last 10 games, actually. That's probably the last 10 games. Um, but so I, it's, it'll be a tight game. And, you know, the fact that they came to Highmark and drew 2-2 is, is telling as well because I think we've been so dominant, even if it was earlier in the season. I understand that. But we've been so dominant for so long at Highmark. The fact that they showed up and, and played pretty well and got a 2-2. I don't remember that game at all, um, which is weird because it was only like a month and a half ago yeah but <laughs> yeah 
So that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Kev, you know, I guess the one last thing I had on here was when we talked a few weeks ago, we said, oh, you know, the Hounds have X number of games left. Only two of those are against teams that are ahead of us in the standings. The rest are beneath us and either just above the playoff line or beneath the playoff line. How confident are we? We're going to finish top four, all of that. Looking at where we're at now, you know, I already mentioned we only got 10 games left. Only four of those are at home. Only three are against teams that likely don't have a shot at the playoffs. How confident? I I mean, I think, again, if we were talking about this two games ago and I said, how confident are you we're going to finish in the top four? We all would have been like, yeah, we're going to finish in the top four. And even I was saying, if we we got nine points out of these past few games, out of this Loudon game, this upcoming game, and the game against Louisville, I thought we would be top three. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I think, yeah. yeah. I do. I don't know. You do? I do. So, so yeah. I think that, you know, all of us who have been on the show recently have said Indy are the ones that scare us, and I think that still remains true. I mean, the fact that they have 46 points and still have only played 22. I mean, they have, they have like, almost four games in hand around against everyone around them right now, which is just ridiculous. Um, you know, we have, like, two games in hand around everyone around us. Um, so, Indy, I, and, and, yeah, they're playing well this season. I expect them to be in the top three. Um, I expect Tampa and, and the Red Bulls to be in the top three, although they're they're not as far as we think, but I, I expect them to stay there. Um, Nashville, who's currently sitting in third, I don't know. They they have a pretty tough run um, coming. I mean, they still have to play us as well, um, but they, they're going away to Tampa, going away to St. Louis, um, and then home against Birmingham, but then, and yeah, home home against us. They have tough, they have tough games coming up, especially getting closer to the end of the season. They have Louisville and North Carolina. Um, so they're going to drop points and they're not that far away from us. And we have two games in hand on them. So I think we can, we can rein in Nashville. I think top four is very attainable. Um, but I think the likes of, yeah, top three is getting a bit more difficult to, to see. I mean, at this point, and this is sort of, we'll end on this This is more of a philosophical question. Are you more concerned about playing teams that are fighting for the top four? Or are you more concerned about fighting teams that are in eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, that are all trying to cement a spot, a final spot in the playoffs. I think it's so hard to tell. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. I. I. I don't think you can. You can make an, a judgment based purely off of that. I think it's so case by case. Um. Probably. I don't know. It, 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 probably teams that are already in the top four, but. I mean, they're there for a reason. I so I I would say you can't you can't say, but if you're going to force me to say, I say I'd rather play someone in the top four probably right now. I was going to say five of our last ten are against the teams that are currently seven through eleven. So like they're all teams that are going to be scrapping for it. So it's there's no gimme games from here on out. I think we were all sort of thinking Loudon was going to be a gimme game. I'm, we got three points. We d- we, got, we got end, three points. I, I would still argue in the end it was still kind of comfortable. We 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 score mm, relatively. I early. wasn't comfortable. <laughs> we score relatively, and and they don't. I they never put any pressure against us. Not not legitimate pressure. Right. Not any legitimate goal scoring opportunities. I would say. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what we. No, but at the same time, look, we 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 want like, look, it, yeah, it's a tough conference. It's a tough league. We want to prove ourselves against good opposition. This isn't gonna. You know, we there was never gonna be a scenario where the last ten games of the season. We're playing the likes of Hartford and Swope Park and Loudon over and over and over again. Right. So this was always going to happen, and so you know, it's and I think you know Lily knows that the, t- the team knows that they won't be 
they won't be nervous going into these games. I'll be excited. Yeah. Well, Kev, I've uh, I finished my ginger beer, and uh, your room is completely dark. So I think that means that it's time <laughs> that we we wrap this one up. Um, well, I gotta provide context to that. It's not like I just everywhere I go in my house I don't have lights on. No, it's when we start recording this, <laughs> I'm by a window and it's light when we start recording it. So I don't even think about turning on a light in the room. We record long enough, the sun goes down, it gets dark. Science is a thing. That's what we think. Let us know what you think. Um, and remember, the game is on Friday this week, so make sure that you catch that. Um, Probably a watch party somewhere. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, look at the Steel Army there, Twitter. There, there might be a, a very special full 90. Wink, wink, nod, nod. We'll have to see what happens here. So uh, keep your ears peeled for that, as well as the preview show with Justin and Steve, where hopefully they answered the myriad of questions that we threw their way that we just didn't have the stats to back up ourselves. So, uh, so yeah, make sure you check that out and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com, click on that supporters button, and uh, become a Patreon supporter so that you can get your hands on one of those Mongols kits that we may or may not be putting together this offseason. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Mongols. Email us at mongols at bgn.fm, at mongolspod on Instagram. Head over to iTunes, Spotify Podcasts, Pocket Cast, wherever. Listen, you know, you know what to do. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers.